the building of this sandbox and its contents are the independent thoughts of each host. It's not our intention, but we have been known to make people see red. Don't come to the sandbox and expect not to get dirty. In fact, we hope some sticks with you. So dig in, let's play. We are the Scarlet Sandbox. <laughs> that was almost a close call. Well, first of all, I didn't even have my headphones on. <laughs> but all of a sudden I look up and see the like um, little things oh, yeah. telling the music's playing. I was like, oh shoot, my headphones. And then I was like, I don't have any sound. I'm over here just like, let me just find this so I can share. Well, it took us 10 minutes to figure out a show title today. That is very true. Which is probably the most, this will be one of the best um, topics for us, I think. Or we'll one see. of the better. Um, but before, so today we're going to talk about, you remember this month is uh, people you cannot control. So letting God handle it, being in control of yourself. Um, that being said... Are we back live? Because Wi-Fi thing is showing up again. Yeah, no, I'm, this is okay. old screen from. Before. Oh, perfect. Oh, love it. Yay. Last week we had an internet issue, and so we kind of went off for a minute, but it's going to be fine. So good morning. Good morning. Um, This is kind of one of our number one, or, you know, lots of people inbox. Have y'all done crazy family? Are y'all going to do crazy family? Are you going to, what about family issues? Me and Adrian have been kind of like, uh, how far do we want to push this podcast? How much do we want to give them? Like, at what point do we say, We okay? get braver and braver but every week. But I'm telling week. you, I'm pretty brave. I'm pretty brave and I'm getting braver. Um, so, really quick though. What's up? Have y'all seen the thing going around on Facebook about the pastor that apologized? Yes, I have. Um, for the modesty? Yeah. For the body covering? How do you feel about that? I feel like if I see one more honk if you love Jesus, capital letters, Christian damnation, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> The, the worst thing about those posts are to the Christians. Hands down. Come at me if you think I'm wrong. <laughs> Let's go. I didn't know this is where this was going. It's exactly Whoa. where it's going. She didn't know I was going to bring this up. Not a I bit. I didn't know this is where she was going to go, but I love it. The worst part Tell about me more. it is Christians. I'm telling you, if you pull another Bible verse out of your pocket... I'm going to lose it. Somebody Whoa. is fired up this morning. I just can't. <laughs> I should not have scrolled through the 11.9 thousand comments on that post. Oh, so you so you saw it. Which one? Well, I'm talking I'm about the, you fake half Christians, you lukewarm people. Guess haven't read First Timothy. <laughs> I comment Can you on repeat it. that, please? <laughs> I probably couldn't because it, oh, it would include the explicit that I would... I'm just saying. I even commented on it, and I'm like, uh, I commented on one, on one, <laughs> just one. And I was like, just saying, this kind of talk never made anybody follow Jesus. And then I was like, enter, enter, enter. Like, comma, never. Period. <laughs> That's all I said. <laughs> well, Nick, if you're listening, come at me. First Timothy 3, 9. Kill. Well, there's our show, guys. <laughs> Roll that I'm music. out. Mic drop if I could. Tanner, the church piano player, is over here like, the worst part about it, it's Christians. And I'll stand next to it. I am dying right now. I did not. See. <clears throat> I had no idea. I was opening such a can of worms. You got an eighth of what I really feel inside. Imagine that. But what do you think about the post itself? You know what? I mean, I th we can argue those all day long. On what the Bible says and what it doesn't. I'm not worried about the Bible. I'm just saying. I thought it was actually pretty good. I mean, I, I get this like double standard and I get it. Like, I get it. My but only issue is I, I it kind of goes back to me about trying to compare men and women. Right. There is no comparison. Right. So I don't know if we're going to agree on this or not, but. We probably are. Um. I saw a lady that said, if if men can swim without a shirt, we should be able to... Uh, no. No, I don't think so. Men's boobs are not a... 
They're not. <laughs> men, you know, men are visual creatures. Right. We are emotional creatures. Right. They are wired that way. Do them a favor. Men's but. bodies are not um, designed to be sexual. Women's. Wait. They are. They are, but I'm saying more so for. Oh, I see what you mean. Shirts off. Well. You can't compare to a male like chest and a. No, but thank you so much. <laughs> You cannot compare a man's chest and a woman's chest. And while a woman's chest is technically there to feed children, I get it. I mean, if that's all it was there for, we wouldn't have much problems. We wouldn't have any children to feed. We'd all be shirtless. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, this kind of goes back to my whole, you know, if I want to go naked to a party, no man should rape me. No, Uh, no, that's... And while that's true... While that's true, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. We live in a world of sin where they do. So, what responsibility do you have on your own body and your own actions and the vibe you give? Yeah, but I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there are parts of that post that make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. I mean, I used to work at a swimming pool, like a public swimming pool, and the the level sometimes. Like, I mean, we had you had to wear one piece and then you had to wear a t-shirt on top of that and you had to cover your head you had, no I mean, i'm not talking about that's that that's what i'm saying though and, but no i line. i think I that, that i think that this is a deeper issue because oh, i feel sure. like what women what i've seen you know I've, I've been watching the post and i've watched the 50 people on my facebook that have shared it and what they've said i have seen one time through <laughs> i'm telling you that was a waste of time and what i'm seeing for me is um a lot of women are wanting the double standard to stop but I feel like you've, we've swung so far into feminism and wanting the double standard to stop that we've stopped embracing the beauty of a woman. Well, you've made a double standard. What you want is the guy to be like this, but then still a man at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And that's the double standard. You can't have both. You can't have emotional rainbows and unicorns. We're all the same. And then have a man. Like, us. Uh, Give me the man. Standard. Give me. Well, I mean, look at ours. <laughs> like, pick it up, put it down. Pick it up, put it down. Like that's but, you know, And listen, like- I, I, my mom is like completely feminist. Okay, and I was raised that way, and I think that's what got me in trouble in my first couple of marriages because I'm, I'm gonna wear the pants, and you know, I'm, I don't need a man, and. And whoa, whoa, ooh, it almost gets yeah, me it the, grosses it, me out. Yeah, it grosses me out way. to even think about it too. Mm-mm. But, um, but I really I wanted to come on and encourage our listeners to think about this. I thought it was a really great post. That I, while I do agree that we need to do better, in fact, I asked my husband this morning because my husband is like one that just he he if we would have been married at like seventeen years old, he would have been happy with me for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. How you know, like there's those kind of men that are just like a one woman sort of man, and then there's these men that are just like they could have ten women a day. What's the difference? You know what I mean? Like, and so I always ask my husband, like, I want to get inside his head and help me understand this. And he said, you know, I was raised by a man who didn't do that. He said, and he, it's not something he ever like said to me, like, don't look at other women or don't do this or don't do that. It was the way he modeled it. You know, he's like, you can teach people things without even using a word. And I was like. So you think that's the only reason you're like that? Because I feel like there's some instinct in there that says, you know, and he's like, it's not that I don't notice that a woman is pretty or that you don't notice pretty people. It's that my, then I say, okay, well, I respect my wife or, you know, that's not the kind of person I want to be. So I do feel like it was a really great point to me to get inside a man's head like that when I was reading that post that we got to do better at teaching our sons that, right? That it's not for meat and it's not for, right. You know, that's not why our body was created and, cre- and to treat it with respect, but also treat our do- or tell our daughter, teach our daughters to be in control of their bodies. And while it shouldn't happen, it does happen. It's my whole walk down a dark alley example. You have to Should you be able to walk down a dark alley with all your money hanging out and not be robbed? Sure. But can you? Right. That's not real life. It's one of those, and you wouldn't do it, right? You're not going to walk down Deep Ellum with all your money hanging out and one o'clock in the morning and be like, "Hey guys." Well, because they're it's one of those like, uh, "I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about everybody else," and you're not technically responsible for teaching everyone else. You're responsible for teaching your own, but not everybody does that. So that's why we're worried about the dark alley. Yeah, but I mean, we need to teach girls not to flaunt it. 
like just throw it all out there in the yard. Like there's no question about what you look like under that. Like, well, you know and I mean? look, isn't and it? Then, di- but 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 you could break that down even further into two girls in the same bikini, right? One girl wearing the bikini because she'd like to get a little sun on her stomach, and the other girl that's going to flaunt it. Right. So is it really the bikini? I think you can tell the difference. That's the point. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying flaunt it in this same bikini. I'm saying, are you flaunting it or not? Mm-hmm. And that comes in whether she's secure in herself or whether she needs something else. And we've all flaunted it. Don't get me wrong, because that's what we do, right? We are peacocks that, you know, show off our feathers to find a mate. I mean, I get it. But... Where's your priority? And then what kind of mate are you finding? Well, you know that we're the only, like, one of the only species, I'm just going to be nerdy, like, species where the all, the rest of them, the girls are all the same. If they have bright colors, they're male. Because in everything else, women choose. But in us, we, the girls flaunt everything. So, usually when you see ducks and they're all brown and gross, they're girls. Because they are in charge of picking the mail, so they're pretty. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I, I mean, I actually know that because I raise a lot of different fowl and yeah. animals, but... All women, they don't care. They look the same. All the men, they're super pretty. Because they're trying to win the girl that looks like everybody else. And I feel like it's reversed. Oh, that's what I'm saying. We're the only one that's kind of reversed in that. But we're still letting the man choose. Right, but in the other ones, the women are choosing. No, I know. So, But I feel like in a human species, I feel like women are getting prettier. Men are not so much. And we're still letting the man dictate. Oh, yeah. We're still having to flaunt because our self-esteem is in the toilet. So much is wrong with... That's a lot of food for thought on Wednesday. Sure it is. First 10 minutes. In the meantime. (laughs) In the meantime. What do we call this one? Family feud? Yeah. Well, what kind of Kristen Stricker? It's on Facebook. Oh, oh yeah, Gloria's saying. <laughs> yeah, it's all over the place. Thanks, Gloria. Just scroll your newsfeed; you'll find it. Um. So, yeah. So a pastor to catch all up. A pastor came out and said, "You know, hey, I'm sorry that I made it such a big deal that all the girls that came to church camp had to wear a one piece, and I didn't do a better job at teaching the boys to respect." The girls that I could, they could just, he had taken apparently his daughter <clears throat> or even stepdaughter. I'm not sure. Cause it was almost like it wasn't his daughter. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't pay attention that close. But anyway, my point is he had like a little epiphany when he went to take his daughter to get a one piece and how hard it was, which I don't really understand that because I feel like a one piece is even easier than a two piece. But maybe that's cause I've got a distorted have body. You, well, you also have daughters who have opinions who don't want to wear one pieces. Probably not that easy to take a Okay, so girl you're thinking out. it's more like her Hard, opinions probably. on it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I'm just thinking if you think the opinions on the one piece are bad, the two piece is worse, <laughs> but whatever, dude. Uh, my point is he takes her to... Um, Shot for this one piece, realizes it's so hard and what it does to her. And the boys got a free pass of just like, you can act and do whatever you want as long as a girl takes care of making sure that she's covered. And so he ap- makes this apology post um, and that we need to do a better job. And then it wasn't so much the post that got me. I like the post. I like what he's trying to say because he's holding more men accountable, accountable. <clears throat> both for themselves and then, who you know, teaching their sons or their brothers or mentoring. It was the people sharing it for me that then wanted to make this an equality post. And I have a problem. Yeah, it's the same, same. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I want equality. I do not have a problem with equality. But you need to define equality because, you know. Because we're not. We're not. Like, when will people get that? I'm down for the same jobs. I'm down for the same whatever. But, like, we're not equal. We're not. It's Stop. just designed differently. And, um, and that's okay. And honestly, you know, even our, um, you know, gay community and trans community or whatever, it's okay that you don't look like either one, that you're your own person, but just own own what God gave you and quit trying to compare it to Please don't make me my husband. And please don't hold me to the same standard as my husband. And please don't make my husband me. Like, please don't. You want to know why? Here's a, like, just my little two cents on our personal life, but... You know, my husband went through a period where he was low T. I mean, low, like 
low next to like low for mm. and let me tell you something that was the worst time <laughs> of my marriage was like dude please be a man <laughs> please <laughs> i've been there too so oh my gosh like once you get that chemical in that <clears throat> you know biology taken care of like oh please don't send me back there Mm-hmm. Or expect it to be that way. It's not. So I just really encourage my feminist community to think about what that equal. Because again, being equal in a job is totally different than physiology being equal. And and you want a man to to look at you as the mother of your child of his children, and you know, court you and. All the things. All the things. <clears throat> so, that's a whole nother podcast. But it was interesting. And I was driving over here and as I was talking to Dustin about it this morning, I was like, I've got to get y'all's opinion on this. So, let's go to Crazy Family because I feel like that's what y'all are really having a problem with. And um, I've got enough of it on all different sides that I told Anthony, like, either she could not show up or I could not show up. And I'm pretty sure that either one of us could fill the whole podcast alone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I saw something that I really, that's what got me thinking about it. Because um, we do. We have a standard in our families that says, this is our family and this is our blood. So we must protect it at all costs. And while I agree with a lot of that so as I'm raising three girls hey that's your sister that's a best friend best built-in best friend you're ever gonna have you need to be loyal and protect and you know all of the things what happens when you do get a really toxic sister and I'm not saying my girls I mean that's I mean I think every um teenage girl to each other is toxic at some point but I'm talking about a truly toxic um adult sister or adult mother or adult sister-in-law or adult aunt or dad brother I make it all female because I am a female but um we have it everywhere right and you know obviously for me I feel like a lot of people um I mean, I've, it's not a big, been a big secret. I've been in counseling for 20 years of my life. I have some pretty yeah, me too. clear-cut boundaries. Well, I think that's why you and I are very similar. Well, because we're on the other side. Like, we did what you should have done. Now, did it take me forever and a day? Sure. But, like, once you're on the other side, it's like... Well, and then I think what happens is when you get clear-cut boundaries and you have clear-cut confidence and security and identity through Christ, then when somebody messes with that and you go uh-uh well we have that like the double standard of that family is blood thing like no matter what no matter how toxic then they're your family mm-hmm. and that's a load of crap i'm telling you mm-hmm. i don't care who it is in mm-hmm. your family i don't care at some point if they're not respecting your boundaries the end like I, that's just how i am the end and i live it Every day. But the thing is, you've got to do a good job at communicating what your boundary is. But you can expect to, that when you communicate your boundary to create a conflict. Oh, sure. Which creates what? Drama. If I, I told Tanner last night, like, if I hear the word drama one more time, I'm like, seriously going to lose it. Drama. That was the, the. I heard that, Taylor. That was the clean version of what you actually told me last night. <laughs> But my point is because I'm so tired of drama being a stigma of something being wrong with you. Or, yeah, or something you shouldn't have. Like, guess what? If I hold my boundaries, I'm probably going to have drama come at me again. Mm -hmm. Hashtag come at me today. That's what it should have been. That's our show title. (laughs) But so, you know, I'll give you some examples. Um, For me, you know, because I feel like that's where you guys, you know, um, and unfortunately my family's gonna kind of get thrown into this because I, these are my real life examples that, and I can only show you and model for you navigation when I tell you things that I've gone through. But, uh, when I was 19, you know, my dad had moved away when I was five years old 
and um, got remarried. Both my parents, they split when I was like a year old, got remarried. They've both been, in fact, they both just had like 35-year anniversaries. So they've both been married to my step-parents the longest and at about the same time, okay? So um, I love my step-parents. I have a great, but that wasn't always easy. And I don't, but I just don't even think that's easy when you're a kid with any parent, even biological, right? So right. you're a difficult teenager or whatever. Um, but my dad had moved off to Las Vegas, lived there for most of my younger years. And um, while I feel like he did his very best to be involved the two times a year that, you know, I was out of school and I could fly out there to visit him, we didn't have that real um, deep connection. Well, about 19 years old, I wrote him a letter. Well, I'll never forget what it was. For Christmas, I wanted a camera. And I asked him if he'd split it with mom to buy me a camera and he didn't do it. Mm. He bought me a bracelet. I'm allergic to jewelry. And that was the moment it like set my world on fire. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you don't even know me and you don't even care about me because you're not even going to buy me the camera that I want. And you're going to buy me something I don't need. Now, obviously, I'm I don't even know how old I was. I was like 15 or 16 or 17 when this happened. But at 19, I finally sent him a letter and I said, you know, you don't even know me. You don't know my favorite color. You don't even know I like chocolate chip cookies. You don't know I'm allergic to jewelry. And at 19, he stepped up and I got this box of like chocolate chip cookies and all the things, you know. <laughs> and so he, you know, he put the effort in and we resolved that. But he didn't know that about me until I told him. Right. So one of the things that worked out with my dad and I was being able to tell him because what normally happens is you recluse and you go, he doesn't love me. I'm not going to go visit him anymore. I don't care. And what would he would have been over there being like, what I do wrong? You know what I mean? So you, you know, and that was when I was 19. So now I'm 42. So then my mom and I were like best friends at that time. My dad and I, not so much, but it's almost like role reversed in my adult years. My dad and I were closer. Mom and I really struggled. And same thing, I've had to learn my mom does not do any kind of conflict. Hates conflict. So what my mom's kind of MO is, is to talk to everybody else in the family instead of me. Well, what do you think that creates? Drama. And more conflict. How am I going to stop that? I can't control. Mm. She's 62 years old. You know, like, I can't stop. And that comes from years of stuff in her life. So how are we going to stop that? I've got to talk to her. Right. Clear-cut boundaries. And what am I going to do if she doesn't um, value my boundaries? And your follow-through has to be on point. So, you know, it's really important, I think, that we establish our boundary first for ourselves, like on paper. Here's what I'm wanting from my mom. Here's what I'm expecting. Here's what I'm willing to give. Here's what I won't tolerate. And what am I going to do if she does or what am I going to do if she doesn't? I mean, for us, it's actually been great because we've had a couple, you know, it's taken us about five years. We've gone to some counseling sessions together. We've talked on the phone about some things and, you know, she's doing much better at listening and and recognizing and doing her part. And I'm doing better at listening to her. And, you know, and that's just the biggest thing is communication and listening. Right. You Like for me... On the other side, like, you know, you say, okay, this, I'm going to establish my boundaries in my family. And I don't, you know, whatever I had a like family member, like sexually molest me. That should not have been a boundary on paper. This right. shouldn't be like, Hey, I expect this boundary. Like that should be known. So like, so sure. Family member, I'm sexually molested at nine years old, but what does a kid do? Forgive them. So you forgive them. You try to have this relationship and they're toxic, obviously fundamentally toxic. Right. So I'm easily manipulated. I'm easily, I don't know, everything you want for years, decades. And then guess what? I'm not the only one. Oh, but I'll forgive that too. Oh, but then I'm not the only one again. Like at what point do you say, you know what? You gone. And I'll tell you when that point was whenever I had a daughter. You know what I mean? You don't get to be around her because you don't respect human boundaries. Like, Human boundaries. And that's a huge one because, you know, obviously that happened to me also by a family member. Right. Actually, a couple. So um, I was a little bit older. Mine started at 13 and 15. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and again at 16. So um, I had the same thing as Tanner because this is, you know, when you're young, and I feel like you'll agree with this, you know what happened is wrong. But you, in your mind, go, but they're my family and they love me and they wouldn't do anything. I'm to so hurt sorry. Me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then you go, well, did I do something to give off and make you think? So maybe it was me. Because you're. I mean, it took me well into my thirties, which is where you are now. Right. Took me well into my thirties for me to go, what? And that was I had three girls at twenty-one. Right. That that's what I'm saying. But you know, they can make you feel bad. You're Mm -hmm. the one. You're the one. If you hadn't, whatever. I mean, like I lived my entire life like that from nine until thirty-three years old. I lived my life like that. Like I could be made to feel bad. Like literally. But today, like another family member won't talk to me. Like, won't even talk to me. Won't even, like, nothing. One who's super close to me. And I'll tell you, it's my grandfather. Who won't even talk to me anymore. Because I guess he's hearing this. You know what I mean? Well, that's what that's what perpetrators do. So I just They lose. manipulate other people that you're the problem. Right. How do you say, well, you know what? My family, it, my family members, I mean, a, ch- a child. Like, how do you tell them that? You know what I mean? You, you can't. So I forfeit the relationship with my grandfather because I have boundaries to protect my daughter. Like we, if you don't know, we all have crazy families. Yep. Like we all have families, but you know what? I refuse. I choose my daughter. The end. Yep. And that's, a, you know, you hear us talk a lot about the four walls. Right. And that's where it really has to that's what really comes down to when y'all are messaging us and asking us, how do you deal with this? How do you deal with this? This came from so much training from nine and 13 of who am I, who I am I outside of this trauma? How do I protect myself from trauma again? How do I protect myself because my other parent didn't protect me? And I'm not saying yours did. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, my mom went to war for me. Um, but yes, I, I don't that. think mine really knew. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, which is, again, what we do when we are the victim, we don't tell. So that makes it hard for the person that should be protecting. But there were some things for me that I didn't feel protected in other areas. Um, So then you go into this self-protection mode. Right. Which is what we've done our whole life. Um, It's why we come across more intimidating or whatnot. You know, it's all armors that you've collected in different wars you know what I mean so there's my war reference again but you know what I mean so you know I think the biggest thing is but a lot of this we can't determine for you how to deal with your family because how I deal with this issue may not be how I deal with this issue there are people I've cut off and there's people that I've extended an olive branch and said let's talk but my number one my absolute number one, like, boundary of any relationship, blood or not, if I pick up the phone to call you and you do not answer or talk to me about it, I will cut you off. Well, I mean, how like are you supposed to continue anything with that? You can't. Because if I'm not worthy of a conversation to hear me and then be able to say, I had no idea you felt that way or I, I hear what you're saying but I disagree with you or I don't even care if it's a nephew. That's so true. Because at least you have an answer, right? The, the, it doesn't matter what kind of family or what kind of family issue. It, if it's if it's your boundaries and it's can like it, it, it just over. You know what I mean? Like I hate to say that because we're taught, you know, it's your family, it's your family. But I'm telling you, if your boundaries are just ransacked, I don't know how to tell you get out. You know, and, the, and that's another thing, right? So I have another issue. Um, I'll just tell you. I have another issue with my sister-in-law where we've, she's been my sister-in-law for 10 years. Um, There was just some things over time that really stressed me out. Um, Never at our family functions did I say anything. I finally messaged and said, hey, can we talk? And um, I wanted to talk in person, couldn't do that, so called me. When I say couldn't do that, I think it was more like, didn't want to, we could have, I offered to drive there, but instead of, so then called me on the phone where it escalated and whatnot. And, um, and then we kind of simmered down for about a year and then we 
rehashed it again. This time more over text message, which should have never happened. And that's really probably on me. Um, but at that point, I think it was just more like I tried to talk to you in person. Didn't work out. You know, but that's what I'm saying. You know, I feel like when you're not taking the time to sit down with that person, because text and even phone calls, when it is something that needs to be worked out between two people who essentially are supposed to love each other and you're not willing to sit down and have that tough conversation, it gets messy. Mm -hmm. So now, okay, you've had the heated discussion. You go off into your corners and, you know, sometimes you need a couple weeks to cool down or however long, you know, whatever that is. But now you got to assess that. You got to go, okay, how often does this happen? You know, we've, you know, now it's where my sister-in-law won't come to my house or come to any family get togethers or do anything, um, with the family. And is that worth it? Well, I mean, for me, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, d- does anybody just sit down and say, what is worth it? But I feel like for me, cause obviously it was me that kind of had an issue with the behavior So now she has an issue with me having an issue. (laughs) But the truth is, I'm looking at it going big picture. Ten years here. Mm -hmm. Ten years, we've never had a single issue. So don't we think, okay, well, maybe we could both step back and give some grace and forgiveness. But let's open the line of communication to talk about that. Well, we can't do that when you don't show up, you don't pick up the phone, you're not willing to meet in person. And so I I feel like what, what, what end of that stick are you on? You know, when it's not as heavy as the nine-year-old family member that obviously has a, that is an easy, I say easy, that's the hardest one, but I'm saying, you know, outside looking in, that goes, er, done. There's no working that out to me. I mean, she and I will agree on, I feel like if you've ever been sexually assaulted in any way, shape, form, or fashion, the end. You can forgive without reconciling. And Judy Madden at our church did a sermon on forgiveness versus reconciliation. And if you do not know and understand the difference in those two, I don't even know if it's on a podcast or I mean on a, I need to email It was a long time ago. So probably it was a long time ago, but I'm going to see if I can find it because I'm telling y'all she is the queen of this and it changed my life. Some people think that they have to uh, reconcile with someone that that's what forgiveness means. Oh, I forgive you. Let's be friends. Nope. No, forgiveness not, not is you and you never have to talk to that person. You don't, they don't even have to know that you forgave, forgave them, right? That's between you and God. Reconciliation is between you and the person. And a lot of people you forgive do not deserve reconciliation. But when you've had a conflict with a family member where, you know, so now let's take this thing with my sister-in-law and go, okay, um, if we were having screaming matches da, 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 at every single family function, I could understand. She goes, you know, I, I just, I'm not really interested in sitting down or I'm not really interested in coming into any more events because every time I come, it's, but, but that, that hasn't happened. So if you're not willing to open the communication or be the one to communicate or, you know, which are you, or are you the person that's not allowing that person you had conflict with to communicate? That's the real issue. Not even now what it started about. Mm. Because you're not going to agree with everyone every time. You're not. It's a newsflash. So somewhere you have to have communication, you know, and open-mindedness at that. You can only do you, too. Mm -hmm. Like, you can only be willing and open. And once... And once they're not, they're not. You continue to do you. If you've done what you can, then move. And I know that that's hard. Like, oh, no, I love that. But like, move, move on. Love that because, you know, it, I mean, quite frankly, it's not hurting me what she's doing. You know, it's more hurting my brother or hurting uh, the rest of the family, the other people that like to see her or don't want to pick because it's not me that won't, I'm going to show up. But you also are confident in who you are and love you. There's a lot of listeners who aren't so comfortable with themselves. And like if you do base other people's opinions on you and they're mad at you and they won't fix it, then you get kind of hunkered down in this black hole. Like that's when you need to like, are you good? Like (laughs) you've done what you can. Let's work on you. Mm -hmm. Because if you were not your personality, then your sister-in-law would affect you how you feel about yourself. And that would be a fundamental issue with you. We would need to go to you. And look, even me as confident as a, in a person as I am, I still have to still evaluate. Sucks. Well, and I still, it's more so for me going, okay, where did I go wrong? What do I, you know, what is my responsibility in this? I mean, you need to self-reflect, you know, and you need to be willing 
to apologize and open that communication. But if she's not willing to do that, I'm not going to own that. You know, I, and again, that goes back to what we're talking about. Um, self account. I mean, uh, what you letting go of what you can't control. Um, but you know, and when I was giving you this example, I wanted you to dis- establish, are you the person cutting somebody off or are you the person trying to, so if you're the one cutting off, I encourage you to pick up that phone you know, over the next couple of weeks and call that person that you've cut off. Again, there's some, you know, there's obviously all these squiggly lines in between going again. Have they been toxic to you to you to the point that you need to just draw a hard cut boundary or are you being prideful and stubborn and need to open that line of communication? And these are the things that we cannot decide for you when you're messaging. Like I can't determine that. I can only give you some examples and then you've got to decide, pray about it. Well, what I love is that I feel like you're either on one side or on the other. So the more I talk to some kind of session people, um, like for me, there was a clear hard breakup. Like you did this, then you did this. Then I found out you did this just now. That's it. Like, see you later. But what we do also need to realize is that you, every single kind of relationship that needs to be separated doesn't need a breakup. Like I, uh, I had a client who was like, but how do I tell her that? Like, I know I don't need to continue this relationship. How do I tell her that? I don't even, I'm like, do you think you can hold it? Like, hold on to it, like live it, like follow it through. She's like, I don't know. And what I would encourage you is it doesn't require a breakup. You can take six weeks off of talking to somebody. And if you're not willing to own it and you just want to trial run it and they say, you haven't talked to me in six weeks being like, oh man, I've been so busy. Like I've been focusing on this, this, and this, and they'll never know if you can't follow through. But like, if you need a trial run, take the trial run, but you don't have to say I'm taking a trial run from you. You know what I mean? Like you could just be like, Thousand back percent. up, focus on you, focus on your family. And if they say, wow, you haven't talked to me, it's been like, hey, I've had some things that I really need to focus on. And you don't have to go down that black hole road. You don't have to have that massive aggressive conflict. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that I used to think that I had to like address everything yeah, so that there weren't it. any elephants in the room. And sometimes, you know, I've actually probably only learned that in the last couple of years that not everything has to be said. Not everybody knows there's an elephant. Well, first of all, I think that was because I had a friend do that to me. I had a friend like ghost me mm-hmm. and I had no idea why. And that that was painful for me for like 10 years. I was so sad. Um, and so I never wanted to be that friend. I wanted to be the right. kind of person that um, if I didn't want to be your friend anymore, I wanted you to understand exactly. So you didn't worry. I'd rather just... Right. Rip the Band-Aid off and deal. And I do think that the, that needs to happen in those, well, the relationship we were talking about last night. When you've had kind of somebody that's been in your life 10 or 15 years and it's getting haywire, you need to pick up the phone. You need to pick up the phone. And then if that, requ- you know, I feel like nine out of 10 times, it's usually like, oh, I had no idea you felt this way. Or, oh, I had no idea I was acting this way. Problem solved. You're not wondering anymore. You free yourself because even you were like, I feel so much better. Yes. Like after Or that. you go, you know what? This friendship just isn't, it's right. Yeah. It's course the end. Right. But I feel like there's some friends that are more of that. You hang out with them at barbecues sort of things. You're not besties, you right. know, um, that like Tanner said, you can just kind of maybe not invite them every time, maybe invite them every third or fourth time. And then the next thing, you know, but that doesn't all, I mean, if they don't, I mean, honestly, if they don't care, they won't ask. Mm-hmm. you're putting way too much they're gonna whatever you don't know what they're gonna do till they do it mm-hmm. so I mean but and I had a friend do that to me so we weren't seeing eye to eye and um and it wasn't really anything big it was just their idea of fun and my idea of fun is two different things you know I'm not a big drinker I'm not a big um, and they love to get drunk and do all the things. And so I just kind of distanced my, well, why are you not calling? Why are you not calling? And I finally just said, and after three or four times of asking me, because I tried the route, Tanner. Well, when you were to ready it, to own you know, it, then so you said So I it. said, hey, you know, you may not realize you're doing this and it may just be me, but this is the way I'm feeling. Well, oh, yeah. And that might It happen. was a blow up. I'm just saying, don't sacrifice yourself mm-hmm. for that anyone don't sacrifice yourself for anyone my point to that is when you're ready for that tough talk family friend who whatever it is know that if they don't do what you're expecting and they don't receive your criticism or they don't receive your feelings that you're entitled to your feelings and be prepared to let the fish go right 
by the time you're ready to talk about it, you're just ready for an answer. But what does that look like when letting letting go of your dad or your mom or your sister or your brother or your whatever? I mean, that's the problem is that's why you don't want to have the tough talk because you're not ready to let them go. Well, the thing is, sometimes letting go is temporary. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's, hey, we aren't going to be close for the next five years or however long it takes. I mean, there's no time limit on that. But I feel like sometimes you think that that letting go is like infinite, like never speak again. And sometimes it's just people need some growing. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes you are the one that needs some growing. And then you can come back to each other in a few years and be like, ooh, which I'm hoping that's the case with my sister-in-law. I mean, right? obviously that's my sister-in-law and I love her and, you know, I want the best for all of my family members involved. But I can't change her mind. The more you try to force it, the worse it is. So I can only establish and have had to a couple of boundaries for me that if you are going to take this break or you are going to do this, here's my boundary with my husband and my children and those types of things. And, you know, then because you don't want games, right? You really do want growth and you Mm -hmm. really do want maturity and you really do want the long haul. And that's the other thing. I'm glad you brought that up because that's a difference in um, tit for tat and establishing boundaries. Right. That's. You know, I feel like a lot of people go, well, if you're going to do this, then you can't come over. That is a never ending game. Never ending game and no one. And that's a heart check because nobody can tell you. (laughs) They can tell you, but you're not there yet. Well, you know, we had a meeting last week and, you know, I'm quite sure that this happened and this person's quite sure that's not how it happened. Well, I can't. You can tell me all day long what you meant. You can tell me all day long it was an accident. You can tell me all day long it was, and that's fine. That's not how I feel. But um, the truth is the only person that's really going to know your heart is God. But you know. You know if you're playing games. You know if you're being tit for tat. You know if you're being spiteful. And look, sometimes it's hindsight 2020. Sometimes you were spiteful and you didn't mean it in your heart. But nevertheless, I'm going to kind of go just a little bit against that because I'm telling you what's in your heart will come out. And maybe not only God knows. I know. Mm-hmm. I know when strangers in Walmart, what's in their heart, because it comes out. So like enough bitterness, enough tit for tat, enough resentment, enough spite. I'm going to see it. And so is everyone thousand else. thousand percent. Everyone else is going to see mm-hmm. it. That's why I put so much focus on like me, because what is coming out of me that the lady at Walmart who didn't ask to pass me, like <laughs> yeah. what am I spilling out? Because mm-hmm. you're always spilling out something. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important for me to be like in, in it. And, you know, so I'll give you an example. Um, I was telling Tanner last night. So my dad sent me this text and said, I want to have a family reunion. I said, great. That sounds so fun. And he said, I want to do it at Argamone's Acres, which is my house. I said, yeah, let's plan it. And he said, you know, I want this, this, and this, and no drama. What does that mean? That's a hot button. That word is just a hot button. Because I'm just so tired of it. I know. So what does drama mean? Because obviously that that's the issue with our family right now is, I mean, our, our family typically doesn't have any drama. I'm apparently I'm the drama, which is fine because what I had to take, you know, and he's like, oh, no, 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 that's not what I meant. You know, don't read into that. And I said, well, you chose that word in this t- instead of just saying, hey, let's have a family reunion. Sounds great. <laughs> don't tell me to read you into ins- it. You inserted you a word. It. Yeah. So what comes out of your heart comes out your mouth. So then I had to go, okay, is this my problem? I mean, while yes, I'm part of the drama per se, um, you know, it was because I had a boundary that I didn't want crossed anymore at my family dinner. And so, you know, I have to decide, you know, the rest of those people go, oh my gosh, the, you know, it's just rocking the boat, whatever. And that's fine. And if I'm so much drama, then have the family reunion somewhere else. But I have to be so secure in me that my boundary is so clear and that I've communicated that so clear. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with whatever result comes from that, that nobody can shake my, and again, self-reflection, because I always want to self-reflect. But self-reflection and then insecurity about my choice are two different things. But when those things are rooted in intentional thoughts, intentional actions, and look, there were some things I said and did that were not intentional, like, well, I intentionally said it, but I shouldn't have done it. I need to apologize for those things, but my boundary is the same. You know, so if you are not clear on those, the cycle's going to just continue. 
And then somebody's going to say something to you. You're going to feel bad about it. I don't feel bad about it. No, because you're bound to I feel bad about some, you know, when out of anger, I said things that I probably shouldn't, but I'm not sorry. And that's where you feel bad about what you said, Mm -hmm. not the boundary. That's different. Because you set a boundary doesn't mean that you're perfect. <laughs> Let right. me just tell you something. Just because you set a boundary doesn't mean that you don't like fall short. Like it, it's the same, but the boundaries should be the same. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't change, even though your behavior changed, which I love that because you said, I recognize that I said something wrong and I'm sorry for that. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people won't even self-reflect to that level where they could just say, I need to say sorry for that. Mm-hmm. But that would be starting point. Are you able to look in the mirror and be like, okay, this is it. What did I have to do with it? And you have to be so secure that the more boundaries you set and the more clear you are in who you are and the more confidence that you have, the more conflict and drama you're going to have because 90% of people don't have that. Well, they're not doing that. They're not self-reflecting. They're not creating boundaries. They're not respecting the boundaries and they're going off of what other people do to judge what they are going to do. And that's Mm -hmm. the problem. And they don't want you to have that. And in fact, they, they want what you have, but then they, they feel insecure that they don't have it. So it's just this you, you, you problem. Well, my best, my best advice would be to do that, to to know you and to create your boundaries. And if that requires professional help, go, because here's the problem. If you don't follow you and your worth and your identity in Christ, then you're going to follow everyone else's expectation of who you are. And there's only one oh you gosh, and like, billions of people. Yes. So if you're trying to live up to billions of people, you might as well just give it up now. Go find a rock. But I, I've gotten to in the last probably six months, and Tanner and I, are, we talk about this every day. I am done with people telling me what is okay for me. If you think I'm drama... You're entitled to your opinion. Just do it over there. (laughs) Because my drama is my feathers being ruffled that you're crossing my four-wall boundary. And I'm not sorry. Not today, not tomorrow, not next week. But, But my boundaries are rooted in who I am. Like what Tanner just said, if you want to know how to find your boundary, you've got to root that in Christ so that no human can decide that for you or take it away from you. When you go, I know what God says about me. I know what God's telling me to do. This is what's right for my journey. And what happens if people don't want to work for that themselves? When people don't want to work for things, they take it from someone else. And you're going to be one of those they try to take it from. Don't act surprised when you are. Or that they're doing something completely not normal. Because that's normal. And look too, you know, when you've gone in and apologized for let's say your toxic behavior in that conflict or whatever it is, and they don't accept that, you know, the only person you report to is the Lord. I would like to just be so rooted that they can't take it from you. Mm -hmm. It's just not possible. So when you've asked him for forgiveness and you've gone to the person you sinned against for forgiveness and they don't forgive you or reconcile with you, the end. That's okay. You don't have to do it anymore. It is okay to walk. It is okay. Just because it's not the way you want it or the way you pictured it or it's, but the thing it's still is, okay. that can be your mother. That can be your father. That can be your blood relative or your married to relative. And the thing is, they don't get any preferential treatment because they're blood. That's this total truth. There's a lot of examples of this in the Bible. A lot of sons to kings that did not agree and did things differently. So if you know, that's where you've got to read the word, understand the word and be able to reflect in it because the ways of the world that tell you to your dad is your dad. Hmm. Well, come at me, your mother, you should respect her. And and the, the Bible tells you to respect your parents, respecting your parents and allowing them into your everyday life is two different things. Same with any other. And I use parents because that's the hardest one I feel like. And you're saying respect as if that's... Because that's, nobody wants... assumed that it's earned. hmm And you know, so now if you can master that, then you can master the brother, the sister, the whatever other... Just because... The friendship. I had a baby doesn't mean that I automatically... Ha- I should have respect. Okay, so let's use that for example. It, I'm biologically made to have a well, baby. Or vice versa. So let me tell you, you've got a drug addict for a child who's coming into your house and stealing your things to go buy drugs. Where's your boundary? You think that you just have to let them in and steal all your stuff because they're your child? 
No. I model somebody worthy of respect. I respect those that. I mean, it's just, it, it's not like, you know, add to cart, check out. I got respect now. Like, it's not. Mm-hmm. I have to be able to earn respect anywhere. Family, And look, work, your kids are not going to respect you sometimes, right? Because we all know that adolescent kids, like, at the end of the day, they do and they, they love do. you. But they... <laughs> they going to push you. But... That's okay. When, what do... You know, and then ask yourself, like, what do you respect? Do you re- respect somebody that has zero boundaries and willy-nilly and caves at the first sign of conflict? Or do you respect somebody that knows exactly who they are, can communicate that clearly, knows who they are through Christ, models that? So now which one of those do you want to be? There's only one answer. Well, I mean, let's use an example of the law versus the criminal. You know, do you respect the boundaries of the law or do you respect the criminal that breaks them? Which one? I mean, there's some pretty, you know, and I feel like sometimes when we have tangible, mm-hmm. you know, when you put it more like that, but, you know, and, I, and I've told my kids a million times and when we were going through this with my husband and his daughter and she and I have had this conversation many times, if you, first of all, I really believe respect starts at home with your parent. If, you, if your child does not respect a parent, they're not going to respect anybody else in the world, period, the end. So, and if a parent does not teach their children boundaries, the world will the end or none or to have none mm-hmm. it is 10 25 is it whoa <laughs> time flies when we're having fun <laughs> so probably to be continued or built upon love it i love it too okay guys so that's a lot of food for thought in your relationships this week what you know take some time reflect on them see how you can bridge a gap with somebody that maybe you or be confident in the boundary that you set We're giving you permission to build your dreams. See you next week.